The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to The Chris and Joe Show on Big Blue View Radio, your go-to source for New York Giants analysis. Pressure from Thomas off the edge. Eli Manning stays on his feet. Airs it out down the field. It is caught by Welcome back to the Chris and Joe Show here on Big Blue Views Audio Lineup. I am Joe DeLeon, joined by Chris Plum. And we are continuing our off-season schedule preview for the New York Giants, sharing our thoughts and perspectives of the off-seasons of the teams the New York Giants are expected to face during the 2021 season. We've done all of the NFC East teams. We've done a few... Other non-interdivisional matchups for the Giants. And now we move on to week six, which is a matchup against the Los Angeles Rams. And this is a team, Chris, that really shocked the NFL world by making a major move at the quarterback position. Anytime that you make a trade to upgrade or change your quarterback situation, it is going to be the talk of the offseason, the Rams' major, major improvement, and maybe the only real improvement that we can point to because they're hamstrung by their cap situation, couldn't really go out and sign many big-name free agents. They brought in Matthew Stafford and swapped out Jared Goff. Now, there is a debate that will continue to circulate until about the end of the season when we can confidently say who won that trade on if... Moving on from Jared Goff is an upgrade, and if bringing in Matthew Stafford is going to correct some of the offensive issues we saw from this Rams team last year and also over the past few years with inconsistencies from Goff. But overall, you bring in a guy who's had a multitude of 4,000-yard seasons, multiple high-passing touchdown seasons, has been productive despite his circumstance of being on a pretty bad roster most of his career, Matthew Stafford is is going to be a, a very, very good starting quarterback for this Rams team. Yeah, Matt, Matt Stafford has been, I think, one of the more underappreciated quarterbacks in the NFL over the last few years. Yeah, His career got off to a rough start you know, with all of those injury concerns and, you know, frankly, the Lions just not being good when he was a rookie and a young player. But... Stafford has grown into a quarterback, I think, 
you can win because of. You know, there's really three types of quarterbacks in the NFL. Guys who just should not be starting. Guys you can win with. And then guys you can win because of. And Stafford, over the last few years, has been that quarterback you can win because of. He has one of the best arms in the NFL. His ability to make throws from just weird arm angles to be able to attack all areas of the field with solid accuracy is really just rare. You don't see too many quarterbacks, even with guys like uh, Patrick Mahomes and Kyler Murray coming out of college nowadays. Having a quarterback with an arm like Matt Stafford is not common. And he knows what to do with it. He generally makes pretty good decisions. He generally places the ball pretty well. And that, I think, really does... That is where Jared Goff has been lacking. He is really more a quarterback you can win with. He doesn't have the arm strength to attack all areas of the field the way Stafford can. Uh, He was prone to, we'll we'll just say, some uh, questionable decision-making at times. And I think, you know, you say that the Stafford could be the one big upgrade the Rams have made. And I really do think that the way their the way their season goes will depend on how Matt Stafford and Sean McVay work together. And Stafford is going to be just a big, big focus point for this Rams team during the whole season for a lot of the Rams uh, for a lot of the reasons that you mentioned, Chris, because they were having issues with Jared Goff. There were games where they lost because of some mistakes from Goff. He struggled. Obviously, he did have some success. He did have some big performances, but there were a lot of times where you really were questioning yourself, was this worthy of a first overall pick? And now you bring in Matthew Stafford, who is ready to prove himself being away from a franchise that has overall pretty much held him back most of his career. He did have some playoff appearances He did have Calvin Johnson to lean on for a period of time, albeit not a a super long period of time or as long as many people would have hoped. But Stafford now has to use this opportunity to the best of his ability. They they have a a decent quality receiving core of Cooper Cup, Van Jefferson hoping to step up into a bigger role. They did add Deshaun Jackson, who I wouldn't necessarily count as an improvement. I don't really think that... Deshaun Jackson at this point in his career is even anywhere close to the same player he was previously. So he's probably not going to really do a whole lot for the Rams this season. But the last name that you obviously mentioned, Robert Woods, who a lot of people consider to be one of the most underrated players at his position in the NFL, super productive. So that receiving group is going to create a lot of success, hopefully for Matthew Stafford. They do lose Cam Akers, which I would like to wait to get to until we talk about regressions, but they do have a pretty consistent running game, and I think Daryl Henderson can certainly take the load. Overall, though, this offense should be built to be successful with Stafford. Yeah, and you know, that wide receiver group really is built to do what Sean McVay loves to do. He is really good at manipulating defenses. He gets into a personnel grouping he likes that matches up well with what the defense doesn't do well and then he just calls so many different plays out of the same look and the rams have a pretty talented receiving group that can do a lot of different things 
and really create plays in space. And adding Matt Stafford's arm and ability to attack deep will unlock areas of the field for them that they just didn't have before. And, you know, losing Cam Akers definitely hurts. And like you said, we'll get to that. But Daryl Henderson, he's a he's a play, he's a running back I liked coming out of college. Yeah, I loved his contact balance, his ability to just kind of shrug off tackle attempts and keep running. Yeah, if he gets a good opportunity with the Rams and they're able to do what they want with the passing game, I can see them creating space for him to do what he does best. And then, you know, also one of the most surprising draft picks, I think for both of us, was the Rams' first draft pick, uh, Tutu Atwell, who is, on one hand, incredibly electrifying with the ball in his in his hand. On the other hand, for an NFL player, he is tiny. <laughs> yeah, that you know that first draft pick you're talking about. They didn't have a first round selection from all these moves that they make by shipping off all these draft picks to to bring in some big stars. One of them being Jalen Ramsey. Their first pick is Tutu Atwell, the receiver out of Louisville, who I've certainly questioned his size and his ability to be successful. I don't even know if Tutu Atwell is going to get into the rotation until his playing weight is up to a metric where the Rams can be comfortable because the 149 that he was rumored to be at when he weighed in at the Combine is just far too light to play on an NFL field. They might almost redshirt him, especially considering how relatively deep their receiver group is, they probably don't necessarily need to get him on the field for a ton of reps. I, I don't even know, though, Chris, if I can really say that their draft was an improvement because like their first higher picks they have, Ernest Jones, linebacker from uh, South Carolina, Robert Rochelle, the corner from Central Arkansas, and then Bobby Brown, defensive tackle from Texas A&M. And uh, the rest of their picks are even more bleh than the ones I just named there's not really a guy that they drafted that I can really point to and say wow they really upgraded at a position of need they still need a lot of help at the linebacker position because frankly Troy Reader who I played against when he was a defensive end is not really a starting NFL middle linebacker that you want to be putting out there so this draft for me does not really do it yeah uh, Ernest Jones their second pick third round 40th over uh pick 40 is you know he's not a super athletic linebacker he's smart he comes downhill hard but yeah not that rangy middle linebacker teams seem to be looking for these days yeah you know, the like you said their their draft is okay with what they've got you know Bobby Brown he is a big boy you know 64 320 34 inch arms that is definitely a contrast to Aaron Donald, but you know they, they already have good players on their defense. They've got a reasonably talented offense, so they didn't have to go out and have a home run draft. They basically just need to keep backfilling their depth chart and, if not radically improve positions, add positions. So we're talking about these improvements, and I think the bigger cause of concern for the Rams is the regressions that they had over the offseason, one being a notable one that made significant headlines over the past few days. We're going to get to those regressions coming up very soon. 
Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Chris, the first two names that the Rams lost during the free agent period are not necessarily big star names. However, they are underrated key contributors who are now playing for different franchises. I'm referring to Michael Brockers, who has been a Robin to Aaron Donald and has been productive in that secondary role on the defensive line, as well as Samson Abukum, edge rusher, who not necessarily a, a, a high productive sack guy, but somebody who gets to the quarterback who can pressure opposing quarterbacks and you lose him your only real notable player in that group that I can really point to is Leonard Floyd who's a good pass rusher very very good pass rusher but you lose anybody like Samson Abukum that is going to be a regression on your roster so those two guys underrated players losing both of them is going to hurt this Rams roster yeah and I would say probably Michael Brockers in particular uh with Aaron Donald on the roster you don't have to worry too, too much about your pass rush. Uh, Aaron Donald is just built different from everyone else. He's He gets double teamed more than anyone else in the league, maybe even more than any two players in the league put together. And he still has a ridiculously high win rate, pressure rate. He racks up sacks. He is just absolutely disruptive. You know, Brockers, he is really good at holding at the point of attack he can be disruptive behind the line of scrimmage yeah i think that is a big reason why they went and drafted bobby brown you know just to have that physical presence that that guy who can clog up the interior next to aaron donald while he does his thing in the backfield i the interesting loss i think will be the defensive coordinator brandon staley just because you know They've got Jalen Ramsey. They've got Aaron Donald. So they're going to have guys on defense who offenses absolutely need to be aware of who really can scare offenses. But it's the other nine guys on the field. You know, how do they play? Uh, what will the scheme look like? Uh, will they be able to get all the same matchups, get put in the right positions the way Staley was able to do so? Yeah, Brandon Staley is uh, one of the most underrated defensive coordinators, and I don't know if his name was really being brought up enough until he took that Chargers head coaching job. There's a ton of people out there, including myself, who think that the Chargers this year are going to have a huge season now that uh, Staley is going to be taking over. 
Brandon Staley is a very, very good defensive coordinator. And you can point to, yes, the success of that defense and a reason why they were so successful being because they have two elite players at their position in Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald. But I also point to the man who was maneuvering and pulling the strings behind the scenes that made them so dominant. Now, I don't know if that's something that you can just easily transition out of. Any time that you lose a coordinator of a top-ranked unit, it is always going to be tough to replace that. I am not saying it is going to be a massive drop-off, but frankly, there is going to be some bumps early in the season. It's going to take time to get things rolling with a new guy at the helm. Yeah, absolutely. Like, just imagine what the Giants' defense would look like if Patrick Graham took a head coaching job. You know, we just don't know how ready the next guy up is to step in and continue what was built by that really good previous coordinator. You know, granted, the Rams went from Wade Phillips. To Staley, and you know that's pretty good. So maybe Sean McVay is as good at identifying uh, ability and talent and potential in his assistants as he is in designing an offense. But we just don't know for sure, and that I think is something that's going to have to uh, people are going to have to be aware of when forecasting the Rams. Yeah, and, and we've seen some success from this coaching tree under McVay. Now, it's not always been consistent, and there's a reason why so many people hunt down these coordinators or even positional coaches like uh, like Zach Taylor, who's the Bengals head coach. You know, there's a, a reason why people come after these guys. And Alex Rollins, uh, from just a quick search, is supposed to be the next guy stepping up. Hopefully he can take things over for the Rams. Hopefully for the Giants' sake's sake, when they play him in Week Six, they're still struggling to figure some stuff out. But I'm sure that it'll be a somewhat seamless transition. But there are definitely going to be some struggles in the first half of the year before they they really can figure themselves out. And Chris, the last regression that is so notable that has to be talked about is the loss of running back Cam Anchor Acres, who tore his Achilles. During the offseason, while training, completely done for the year. We all know that that is an injury that is so hard to recover from 100%. And he was expected, many believed, would be a dominant running back in the NFL for a team that has run the ball so successfully and drafted him to be the successor and the replacement of Todd Gurley. And he really started to come on towards the end of last year. They lose acres. They also lost Malcolm Brown during the offseason, who was essentially his secondary punch. Now, they do have Daryl Henderson, who has shown us some glimpses of what he is capable of, but I look at the rest of this group after Henderson, Xavier Jones, Raymond Calias, and then Jake Funk are the next names at that running back spot. So there might be some troubles running the football with no Cam Akers. Yeah, certainly. And you know, I just have to say, you'd never want to hear about injuries at all, but especially when guys are working out in between mini camp and training camp. You know, they're working hard to come into camp in shape 
and up their game. And it just sucks to see an injury like this, especially something like a torn Achilles, which is a, it's a career changing injury, especially for a position like running back where you need that lateral agility. You need to be able to change directions and get behind your pads and explode downhill. And yeah, the, this is one where, you know, I honestly don't know if he's going to be able to come back from that and be the same type of player. We talked before about how Daryl Henderson could have a good season. Like he had five touchdowns last year. You know, he's not a chump, but outside of him, you know, like you said, they really don't have too much. And it's entirely possible that the Rams number two running back might not be on their roster right now. I wouldn't be surprised at all to to see them watching the waiver wire like a hawk as you know as cuts come out during camp and then file cutdowns. They they could put in a waiver claim on just about every running back uh, teams that are deep at the position. Let go. And honestly, you know, if you think about it, they could go and pursue whichever Texans running back gets cut because right now they have way too many guys. Maybe Philip Lindsay ends up being that secondary guy, they are going to need to bring in somebody because I am just looking at it on paper. I don't know how you can be confident rolling with any of those backups and one of them being the secondary one. Maybe maybe Jake Funk shows some stuff, the rookie out of Maryland, but I, I would not be super optimistic with the rest of those guys on the roster. Daryl Henderson you could probably roll with, but they're they're going to need to bring somebody in, as you said, Chris. So to wrap up today's show, as we always do, we like to pitch what we think is the best and worst case for these teams when we discuss them. And that helps paint the picture for what the Giants are going to be dealing with when they take on these teams. Now, if you remember last year, the Giants played the Rams very closely. I think a lot of people assumed that they were going to get demolished by the Rams, but they played a very good football game when they played Los Angeles. And now this upcoming year, based on the moves that were ha- happened and the changes that were made, I think losing Cam Akers does impact the projection. It's not a surefire, as some people were saying, guarantee for them to win the division or at least make the playoffs with Matthew Stafford now at the helm. That is going to hurt them. But best case, Daryl Henderson has a good year. They, they still win the division and they go to the playoffs. Worst case for me, Chris, I see them still just missing the wild card and maybe having like a middling, slightly above 500 record and just missing out on a chance at the playoffs. Simply because, as we've seen under Sean McVay, the years that they've not made the playoffs, they have at least been highly competitive. When you have elite defensive players like Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey and also Matthew Stafford running things, you're going to be competitive. You're going to knock off the teams in your division, get a couple wins here and there. You're probably going to dominate the bad teams on your schedule, and you might shock some of the really good teams on your schedule. But if if things don't go well and they're struggling, at the very least, they're going to be slightly above 500. Yeah, like I said kind of at the top of the show, I really think the Rams season will come down to how Matt Stafford performs as their starting quarterback. Yeah, I this is a quarterback driven league. Yeah, that gets said all the time, but it's completely true. I think if Matt Stafford can allow Sean McVay to unlock his playbook, the Rams could be very dangerous. 
you know, I could see them battling with uh, either the 49ers or the Seahawks to win this division. But if, you know, things don't click or don't click right away, maybe they f- wind up in a hole to start the season. Yeah, you know, there's a few too many bumps in the road. I, I think they'll probably be fighting for maybe third in the division. But I'm right there with you. I think they could win this division or they could be a team that just misses out on a wild card, but also plays spoiler for a lot of other teams. And they are well coached with Sean McVay. They've got a good quarterback with Matt Stafford. They've got great defensive players in Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. So I think that really does make them a team to be respected where you you cannot take this team lightly no you cannot take this team lightly at all for a lot of those reasons that i think we both mentioned here they are just too competitive of a roster to say oh well if they struggle and certain things don't work out they're going to be a bad team they'll be picking in the top 10 it's just not going to happen sean McVay is too good of a head coach they've got too much elite talent at important positions for them to not at the very least be sitting at nine and eight worst case eight and nine like absolute worst case eight and nine they have they have too much too too much talent um but you know like you said though i don't even think that's a remote possibility i, I don't think that this rams team is going to even come anywhere near that they're they're probably going to be in close competition for some type of a playoff spot to try and make it to the nfl playoffs next year because of that that big change of going and getting uh, Matthew Stafford. Yeah, I think if the Rams come in at below 500, they had a couple tough losses, and it just this division with the Seahawks still being good, the 49ers getting healthy, the Cardinals, you know, hoping to take that leap as Kyler Murray enters his third year. They've added to their offensive line. They get another whole year with new Hopkins. You know, maybe they take a jump, and this division. This division just beats itself up. I think that's how the Rams finish below 500. Yeah, and you you hit some maybe significant injuries along the way where they have less depth could could lead to something along those lines. Which you could say that about any team, but uh, you know in this circumstance, that's probably what they would need for that to happen. Folks, that's going to be it from us on today's episode. Thank you for tuning in. Be sure to hit the subscribe button. Leave us a five-star review if you enjoy listening. We're getting close to the NFL season, so make sure you don't miss out on any preseason content before we get rolling into that regular season for the New York Giants. Also, follow us on Twitter at Joe DeLeon, at RaptorMKII, and at BigBlueView on Twitter and Instagram. Talk to you soon, folks. Enjoy the rest of your week and your weekend.